and welcome back to another episode of Real Conversations. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Real Conversations is a podcast for those dedicated to doing hard things and living a meaningful life. This belief is perhaps best encapsulated by a quote from the great Teddy Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, nor were the doer of deeds could have done them better. Now, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. With that being said, welcome back to another episode of Real Conversations. And this is take two. I'll put in the clip if you guys are watching the video, but uh, Jimmy and I were recording the episode and my mic actually broke. The wiring literally just came off in half. So We have I mean, insane respect for what they've built and take a lot of cues from how they've done it. So this has never happened. The mic just ripped in half. Jimmy's kind enough to be patient. We're doing take two, but uh, this is Jimmy from the normal brand. And uh, I guess we'll just start back at it. How are you doing today, Jimmy? Good. Yep. All good. Good. So one of the interesting things, John and I are back in St. Louis. John's behind the camera right now. And the normal brand is a really cool company that started here, a brand that started here in St. Louis. And I actually found out about it in Nashville whenever I was with Todd Anderson. And then I've seen Eric Hemman out with it in Colorado and just kind of all over the map. So it's cool to see how it's just grown bigger than St. Louis. Um, but I wanted to come back to the origin and, and with that, one of the founders and tell this really cool story of how you guys got started and where you're heading. So Jimmy, could you kind of take us back with how you got started with the normal brand? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, that's all right. Yeah, you're good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to go back to kind of our, our family history. So I grew up as the oldest of 10 kids, uh, grew up in a, in a family that really encouraged, uh, thinking outside the box, entrepreneurship, et cetera. My dad has a business that he runs with his brothers that my grandfather started. My mom's got her own business. So that was always very much encouraged. Uh, we also love clothes. So I was obsessed with clothes since time I was a little kid. That was again instilled by my grandfather and then my dad. Um, they always uh, preached that the way you dress is a sign of respect to yourself first and the people you're meeting with. So I really love clothes. Um, so it wasn't until post-college I was working in uh, finance investment banking that this idea of normal shirts came to me. And the idea was I wanted something uh, versatile, versatile, durable, and most importantly, comfortable and for a good price point. So I couldn't find one out there. So I started making these normal shirts on my own. People started asking me about them and I wanted to have my own business one day anyway. So I quit my job. Uh, moved into my parents' basement without a great plan and uh, launched online. Uh, my brothers joined me shortly thereafter that. And then uh, now, eight years later, you know, we we run it together and uh, yeah, business has been growing. How old were you when you quit your job? So I was 20, uh, 24, 25. Because you said that so casually, like I quit my job and started this. Like, did you have conviction in the brand? Were you just deciding I'm going to go all in on this? I mean, that's something that I don't want to brush over the, that yeah. big decision. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the best, the biggest blessing in my life, it's a, it's a huge advantage is just growing up in a family where uh, they instill this confidence in you. Confidence that you probably just haven't even earned yet, but the idea that they can, uh, it's almost like having an unfair superpower that you, that you haven't earned yet, but, but so my family very much, my, my, my parents specifically, very much believed in me and encouraged me. And I was I always thought that I would start my own business. And 
I don't know if I would necessarily recommend the way I did it of of uh, quitting without re- a real plan. And frankly, I went through a few years of being a little bit lost and, and not having a great direction. But um, those couple of years, three years, really uh, led me to the normal brand. So I'm I'm grateful for them. That's just incredible. So kind of if you go forward in the timeline here, we'll get back into more of the weeds, but. One of the really cool people that's very influential that John and I both love that's been repping and wearing the normal brand is Morgan Wallen. He's had it on stage. He's posting Instagram pictures. How did that come about and how cool is that to have him repping the brand? Yeah, it's very cool. It, it's great to see the brand. Um, I mean, I remember when the first time I saw somebody who wasn't in my immediate family wearing it. Right. And I like I remember where I was when that happened and and, and how cool it was. And still to this day. Some of the greatest moments are when I'm just at an airport or out of town somewhere or walking the streets, even here in St. Louis, and seeing someone I don't know wearing the normal brand. It's it's still like like the best feeling for me. Uh, as far as Morgan Wallen goes, that was uh, – so uh, our brother, Lan, who runs our uh, uh, wholesale and corporate business, we, we – uh, me, Jimmy, Conrad, and Lan run the business together. We all kind of have our different responsibilities. So Land runs a wholesale and corporate business. Uh, additionally, he runs kind of our affiliate um, program. And um, through the help of our sister, Sophia, who is working in Nashville in country music, she's on the management team for Luke Combs. And Crazy. is a beast in her own right. In fact, we did a, a story on her, a, a My Normal, it's this video series we do where it highlights kind of how she's done. And we're super proud of her. Um, but through connections through that, uh, Land really spearheaded this. and. Morgan Wallen's team just liked the clothes, shopped our store in Nashville. And then once he put it on, apparently he loved it. And so he's been, uh, it wasn't just a one-time wonder. He's been wearing it show after show. So it's a great feeling. That's so cool. And I think one of the neat things about the normal brand is I personally, I think a lot of people in my generation like when there's some sort of meaning or story attached to what we're purchasing. I think that's something that matters more current in this present time. And it kind of reminds me of back I did an interview with Andy Frisella from First Form. And one of the things that he preached is, yeah, First Form is overly successful. He's got all these great personal accolades and the cool cars and the watches and everything. But one of the things he was really hitting and hammering hard that episode is the fact he's just a normal, regular guy. And that you can get so distracted worrying about this and that and trying to look like someone that you're not. And I think that the normal brand has a parallel to that and the way that you live your life. So I wanted to ask about what is the intentionality behind that name, the normal brand? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not contrived. It wasn't fake. The, 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 the name, the normal brand came because I was saying I can't find a normal shirt. So I got the first uh, the first name was it was normalshirts.com. And I got the logo made on 99designs.com. Nice. And I spent a few bucks on that. And I remember I was really proud of it. And I sent showed it to uh, someone who was a very good graphic design and, and creative. And she was like, that's not good. That's, that's not going to do it. And I was like, really? So, and then we decided to call it the norm brand. Cause we, you know, maybe we'll make more than just shirts, which, which we did actually immediately. Um, but going back to that, as far as uh, Andy Frisella and Sal and that, and that whole team and Chris Klein, that whole team at, at first form that they've really created such an unbelievable culture and, brand that stands on this foundation of authenticity. And I think authenticity is, uh, it's almost lost some of its meaning because it's become such a buzzword and people say that you have to be authentic to kind of 
reach the core of people, but you can tell when, when someone's really doing it. And so, uh, uh, they are truly authentic to themselves and, and how they act. And, um, and I think that's why the brand has grown so much for us. We live it and breathe it. Um, this was, this company was started because of a personal problem and of, I couldn't find any normal shirts. And then we've done every single job at the company, like everything, um, from boxing up stuff to creating the first website, to figuring out how to weigh a package and putting a shipping label on it to go out and doing all the pop-ups around and wholesale and, uh, you know, everything. Right. And so that I think probably comes through in our story because it isn't contrived. It, it, it is authentic and it's the only thing we know. It definitely does. And you see where you're at now and all of the growth you've had. And I, in my opinion, the normal brand's really hot right now. And I love seeing that. But take me back to those early days when you're saying, I want to make a t-shirt for myself. I think the average person wouldn't even know where to start on that journey. Yeah, neither did I. And um, to, to, the truth is it took a ton of failure uh, before that to actually move normal brand forward. So, I mean, I spent years of trying different companies and then I would quit. And it was really kind of a few years of, of, of kind of acting like a loser, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I would try to start something and then you'd run into a problem. Inevitably, you'd run into a problem like day two. Mm-hmm. And I'd think, well, it's probably not meant to be. I should, you know, I got to go to option B <laughs> or in the next thing. And then I run into another problem. It's time to try the next thing. And so it took some tough conversations. I remember, uh, uh, you know, my grandpa specifically, uh, who, who passed in 2020, but he was he was the kind of guy that would get kind of right to the heart of an issue. And I remember almost trying to avoid him because the conversations were difficult, but had to kind of get to the point where we stripped out all options. So it was kind of that burn the boats mentality. Um, so I really don't think that you can do something meaningful or 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 get something going if you've got all these options behind you, because I just think, at least for me personally, the human nature is once it gets tough, go to the next option. And so it wasn't until like I didn't get into the business school that I wanted to get into. Uh, I thought I was going to get hired at this job and they said that they were and then they pulled the offer the last minute. So I kind of had these things stripped from me that that was like uh, and I wrote an email to my dad where I said some words, but I said, uh, we're going to make this happen. And he was uh, fully on my side, as was my mom. And so I think that's taking away those options is what makes things go forward. You had mentioned the word meaningful. And the tagline for the podcast is do hard things and live a meaningful life. Because I've found, at least in my life, that often doing difficult things has led to a meaningful life or the feeling of something that's fulfilling. And so I think that cutting out those options is incredibly difficult, but worth it. At what point, or maybe you still do, how scary was it getting started thinking, you know, am I going to default on a loan? Are we going to close down? Am I going to have to go live my parents' basement? Or kind of all of that fear and and maybe the scary things going on. How was that for you in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, it it would fuel you. You know, it's. I think it's a really important thing to have. So, I mean, the truth is, if I would have, if we would have failed, I would have been fine. Mm -hmm lucky enough to have a family where I would have been fine. I, I, so my, my risk in, in the grand scheme of things was not like live or die, but I really did convince myself that it was. Mm-hmm. 
And we talk about that now. We talk about a basement mentality within our own company because, you know, as we moved into a nicer office and we get stores and we have, you know, more people doing more things and departments being, you know, more organized and there being, a, you know, different structures to the business and processes and things like that. I think the biggest risk is that we lose that basement mentality. And I think that that is monumentally important for us to have that fear. And I still have it every single night. And so like, I, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, sleep that well. And there's, you know, I, I think me and my brothers can all speak to it. You know, we personally, I'm as scared now as I was then. I think it's a different types. So you're thinking about different things, but that fire I think is pretty important. And I kind of hope I don't ever lose it. That's, I think it's really important too. You talk about your brothers joining the business and people start brands every day and they live and die. Most of them die, honestly. What were some of those early things that you did that you think have helped the brand to grow to the level it's at now? Well, I think we really cared about our customer. Um, I think that we desperately cared about the product. And so uh, not that it was perfect all the time, but we were constantly trying to make it better and better and better. Um, you know, and I think we had a mindset where there's nothing that's going to stop us. And so I, I think having partners and having my family, my best friends of people who we knew they weren't going to quit, mm -hmm. like totally can completely depend on them. I mean, I can, I trust them with my lives. So I think having that structure and frankly, frankly, it extended to my, my other siblings who weren't even uh, aren't officially in the business or my parents. So I think having that structure in place, uh, which was really the foundation, I think without that, uh, it would have failed. I think that's definitely pretty important. And as you look at too, you started off online and now you're in retail in St. Louis, you've got the Nashville location. Do you have a Colorado one too? Or is yeah, so we've got eight stores. Eight stores now. And uh, we just signed the lease of the ninth one and then we'll open 10 and 11 this year. What went into the decision of moving to retail? Because I know that's got to be a really hard business. Yeah, it was always it was always something we wanted to do. Just didn't know how to do it. And so, um, and I think we use that as an excuse. We we're kind of getting the, the, you know, the kinks worked out for a few years. And then um, my brother Conrad really spearheaded that effort uh, of our direct business, both the, the, the online channels and then our stores. And so he just learned it from the, from the bottom up. And we started with this store that we're in right now in uh, 2019. And the idea was, is in our backyard. It was like 12 minutes from the office. Like if something happens, we can get over there. And he started building a great team around that. And this store has been voted best men's store in St. Louis. Like I think every year since it's been open. That's awesome. Like that. And so, yeah, it's been a great store for us. And then uh, we've really over the last year or two, um, opened way more. So we now, you know, he, he spearheads that. And it actually, our brother, Nico, who lives in Nashville, uh, handles all of our real estate. And so those two kind of tag teaming it around the country has been awesome for us. And when you walk into our stores, I mean, our mom designs it. So everything about That's it awesome. is, is really, it, we want it to feel like you're walking into your home. We, like you're, you're, you're welcome. Um, it smells good. It feels good. You're approached by nice people. Who, who really care about you and are trying to make your day better. And so a lot of it is learning from what are bad shopping experiences that you may have and 
uh, how does that never happen at a normal brand store? You guys definitely have a very unique setup. John and I came in for the first time this morning and I mean, we're sitting in a lounge that's just like next to the dressing rooms. There's a bar over here and the layout of this place is something that I, it's more comfortable, right? It is that home style feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the idea, and in each store, it's got a different layout, but all of the uh, we have kind of the core attributes in all of them. So um, you're always going to be offered a drink. Uh, you're going to be uh, approached, see how you're doing, uh, called by your name, your name is learned, asked about you. I mean, it's it's uh, you know we want you to feel extremely comfortable. We don't want to bother you or anything like that. And then you'll see family pictures around, um, antiques. And a taste of the city, uh, like in this one, we've got um, it where we keep all of our hats. It was at the old Sportsman's Park, which was where the Cardinals used to play. It was where all of the helmets would be. Mm-hmm. So we have a homage to each city that we're in and every store that we're in. And um, as we want to be a part of that community. And yeah, I mean, it's been um, it's been a labor of love and it's been really cool walking through these stores because it's like walking through something. It's like walking through our dream, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like something that was in your head and now it's in like physical form. It's just a great feeling. How cool is it to see the city of St. Louis rally around you? I mean, you talk about walking down the street and you see someone wearing your brand that doesn't even know you and you don't know them. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. St. Louis has been a huge part of the story. It's a huge part of our uh, family. The, The idea of it was really trying to cater to this, Midwest lifestyle where you're kind of 20 minutes from anywhere. So you could be downtown and, uh, you know, in a high rise and 20 minutes later, you could be in a field without a building in your line of sight. And so the idea of the normal shirts at the beginning was how do you take uh, weed? What do you wear to both those places? Something that takes you from the city to the country and back. And, uh, you know, St. Louis, I think really roots for their, uh, for their own. And there's no like weird passive aggressive competitiveness here. Um, that people in St. Louis want to see a winner. And I think you see that with sports teams. I think you see that with their businesses. I think you see that with, you know, even celebrities that come out of here, right? They get, they get rooted for by the, by the people, our restaurant scene. And so we have made so many friends who are just other St. Louis businesses who want to see uh, the Nora Rand succeed. St. Louis is on every label of every shirt that we ever made. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a Four piece of the story. That's super cool. Talking about the logo, the bear. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the bear was inspired by the uh, the bear in the Missouri state flag. So um, you know, it's a confident animal. It used to be all over the Midwest and all over uh, Missouri. Now you're actually you're starting to hear about them um, get reintroduced back uh, to uh, the Midwest and the Ozarks is where is where they're started. Um, but so we, we like the idea that this kind of that this bear that was here and then was gone for a while, it's kind of uh, similar to the idea of what does Midwest fashion look like and, and can we be a part of bringing that back? That's really cool. Well, one of the segments that you'd mentioned is you do the my normal or what is your normal yeah. uh, online videos that I've seen a couple of. So I wanted to ask you, with you being the founder, what is your normal outside of this job? Family is a huge part of it. Uh, so I've got two kids and, and a wife who uh, are phenomenal my, my whole life. Um, we, I would say a big part of our, we work out. It's a big part of our life. So I work out with my brother. I work out with my dad, work out with friends, um, cousins. 
Um, it kind of depends on the season, you know, like in the spring and summer, we'll golf in the fall and winter, we'll do more hunting and things like that. Uh, food is a big part of our life. So, um, entertaining and, and having people come over and you bring this and you bring that and I'll cook this and we'll kind of like plan that throughout the week. So I'd say it's a lot of, uh, community. It's a lot of being around, uh, like-minded people. And we always have kind of something to, to look forward to. So we're always planning something and, um, my life is phenomenal. I feel like you see most brands start on the coast, the East and West coast, then maybe move into the middle, the Midwest. Whereas the normal brand is starting here in the Midwest. And you talked about cooking food, you know, going and grilling on a Saturday. That's a very Midwestern thing. I think that aligns with the brand. Is it difficult to penetrate outwards in terms of your brand awareness? You know, I think that's part of um, the challenge that we've taken on. I think we we always kind of like being an underdog. Um, it's yeah, when I talk about the it's it's kind of like fuel. Our favorite movie of all time is Rocky. Love watch it. it a thousand times. Our right. dad would have it watch us. Some you know Stallone. Any movie we'll watch it is, <laughs> but Rocky is definitely the best. All of them. And um, so it's idea of being an underdog, I think being, uh, you know, trying to build a, a fashion business from St. Louis, you definitely kind of have to have that 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 uh, underdog mentality. Um, our second biggest uh, online sales channel is in New York City. So, really? yeah, so we've um, we're, we're definitely growing to the coast and people are liking it. And so it's not something that we really think about um, as like an excuse or anything like that. It's more so a point of pride that, you know, we do want to be known as a St. Louis company that is uh, known nationally. I don't think we're there yet, but that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. Yeah. As you talk about kind of that long-term big, big vision and goal, is the normal brand something you want to grow and keep in the family and pass down for generations or private equity could come in or what's kind of the goal from the normal brand in the future? No, we want to keep running it like we're doing it. It's, uh, those conversations seem so premature. We don't even talk about them. Honestly, more of the conversation is uh, what's next month look like. Right. You know what I mean? Like we never want to get, uh, like talk about that basement mentality, never want to get too big for where we really are. Um, but Besides my family, it's the best thing in my life is doing this. Uh, running it with my brothers is an absolute joy and blessing. And so we want to keep doing this for as long as we possibly can. I love it. Jimmy, I have two questions as we wrap up here. The first one being, where can people find you online if they want to connect or learn more? Yeah, so you check us out at uh, thenormalbrand.com. It's our website. And we have got uh, new stuff coming every month, especially as we ramp up into fall. I think this is our best collection yet, uh, men's and women's. And I think we'll start launching like next week or this weekend nice. of some of our new fall gear. Um, check us out on, on all social media stuff at, at The Normal Brand and uh, also our stores. So we're, we're in St. Louis. We've got three in the St. Louis area, uh, Clayton, Kirkwood, West County. Uh, we've got a store in Nashville, a store in Denver, a store of Mall of America, a store in Birmingham, Alabama, um, Kansas City, and then we'll open 9, 10, and 11 and make announcements on that here in the next uh, couple of months. That's exciting. Nice. And then I'm at the Jacob O.C. John's at the John Pete. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please make sure to share the link with a friend. It helps us grow. Jimmy, my final question for you is, looking back at this really cool, exciting journey you've been on, what advice would you offer to your 20-year-old self? Hmm. 
I'd probably say something like um, just control what you can control and don't don't suffer more in your mind than it is in reality. I think sometimes you can create problems in your mind that are bigger than they actually are in reality. And if you choose not to be harmed, you're not harmed. And so that, that may sound a little bit uh, out there, but I think the idea that in your own mind, you can decide if you're stressed out or not. And if you just decide you're not going to be, then you won't be. And so uh, I'd probably give some lessons of some stoicism, which I've been reading lately. Um, and I'd also say just uh, trust your parents and, um, and, and be a great son. That's great. Looking forward to part two. Thanks for coming on, Jimmy. Thanks for having me.